Welcome back to the Mel K show. Uh, most of you that listen to me have heard me bring up this woman's name probably every show or two because she is one of the best journalists, real journalists out there today. She is fearless and awesome. And uh, you probably know her from Bannon's War Room or uh, any other work that she does. Uh, the great Natalie Winters is here today. Thank you for joining me, my friend. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me. I have to say, I'm sure you will. You know, we'll get into this, but your audience is so lucky to be able to listen to you of all the wonderful people that I have been blessed with meeting Aww. from, you know, CPAC to AmpFest to just interacting with on Twitter. You are such a wonderful angel person who has been so supportive and empowering to me and all of my endeavors. I remember when I first met you, you came yeah. up to me, you're like, Natalie Winters, you wrote the story about the Congressional Black Caucus and QSF yeah. and all these trips and the level to which you read my stories. I think you understand them better than I do. So I am so I don't know how I haven't been on your show like more recently and I want to come on more often. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for having me on. Your audience is so lucky because you are such a wonderful, kind person. So thank oh, you. Oh, God, that is so nice. <laughs> and that is funny. I remember when I first saw you, it was about three years ago. I ran up to you. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I, did, I didn't feel that way about anyone. And it is true. People that watch, especially my news show, I'm always like, oh, of course, Natalie Winters has this breaking news, which is absolutely amazing. And um. The first thing I did want to talk about, though, today, because um, I saw this and I said, I got to get Natalie Winters on the show because I've been talking to people about uh, using this time. A lot of people are demoralized. They're feeling down. They're, they're hopes all over the place. People are seeing what's happening to our nation, our economy. And, and, you know, they're not really looking at what can I do different? How can I make a difference? And one thing that you've stepped out and done is you started your own brand, which is awesome. We'll talk about it in a minute, but I want to say, it's not just that you started your own brand. You're starting to me, what is saying to other people that they can do it too. So let's talk a little bit. You started this awesome brand, which is, I, I'm, I put in my order and I'm super excited and I'm going to wear it on the, on the show, but let's talk a little bit about the evolution to starting. She's so right. Yes, there are so many reasons that I wanted to start this. I felt like it was the kind of inevitable conclusion of my quest to take down the Chinese Communist Party. It's, of course, always entirely made in the United States. But I think I've sort of straddled both worlds, right, as Steve Bannon's co-host on The War Room, but also as a 22-year-old girl from Los yeah. Angeles. You know, I'm into mainstream culture. I don't believe it, but just because of my age, I'm sort of forced to consume it. Um, so I sort of wanted to merge those two worlds. I'm not someone who usually wages into the culture war stuff because um, I think there are people who are typically better suited at that. I like to stick to, you know, the raw evidence-based, fact-based yeah. reporting. Um, but like you said, I mean, it's not even really a political thing. I'm just someone, I guess, maybe the strapline of War Room being, you know, action, action, action. This was something that I had always wanted to do. I've always loved fashion. Honestly, I thought growing up, I'd probably work somewhere. In that space, and for those of you who've read the post-millennial article sort of about me launching the brand, it was sort of kick-started by a, a bad breakup where I should have trusted my intuition. So that's sort of the, the double meaning of right. uh, She's So Right, which is the name of the company. Um, but I was flying back from D.C. to L.A., and I was sitting there, and I swear it was like, like God gave this vision to me. But I was like, you know what? I've wanted to start a brand. I'm going to do it because I want to do it and the country needs it right now. And women need to have the option to be 
an empowered consumer. So on this flight home, in between your and the, the nitty gritty details, in between like crying about this breakup, I was designing t-shirts, I was focusing on what I wanted to be. But as I really progressed down the line with making the brand and looking at, you know, my competitors, not just on the mainstream kind of, right. you know, Urban Outfitters, Abercrombie, those side right. of things, but also other conservative clothing, I saw kind of two angles that I wanted to go after. And that was what really propelled me forward. One was made in the USA clothes are so expensive, right? You're paying such a premium for them. So I've been able, because I kept everything in house, I designed the website, I did all the designs, I've worked with the factories, I did it all myself. I've been able to keep the prices low and on par with you know China made goods. Right. So I think from a business model perspective, that is something that's really unique and hasn't really been done. And then from the aesthetic perspective, I think a lot of conservative t-shirts, like I'm sure your female audiences or your, your viewers, listening, like you guys all have cute political t-shirts, right? In your closet, but you're never going to wear them because they're for men, they're boxy, they're right. not flattering. Right. So, right. And the designs on them are sometimes I think a little bold to maybe wear, you know, on a coffee date with a friend. Right. So I wanted to make our values actually wearable and livable. So they're pink, you know, flirty, fun, feminine designs, but on silhouettes that are actually cute and flattering. And like I said, entirely USA made. Yeah, so that's that's the very long elevator pitch. No, no, but that's uh, but that's true. And the and the thing you're saying about especially women, conservative women, um, and and all of that, and finding apparel and stuff. Also, you're also empowering women because even though it's she's so right, and you and I are conservatives, and we want to you know empower conservative women. Actually, your your slogans and the things on your shirts and your hats. They're empowering to all women. This is not about, you know, the, the brand is a brand that is uh, empowering to all women. It's all American. It kind of has that American vibe to it where it's like not not really left or right, Republican and Democrat. It's really just about celebrating just being free and, and happy. And um, and that's what you put out there. And I think that this also uh, bleeds over into because I lived 20 years in L.A. and I knew you grew up there. And the truth is that the culture has been captured and that it's it's gone in a very dark place and it's very controlled. And you need people like you out there because another thing about you and what I've seen lately in, in I don't dredge into the culture world either, but, uh, you know, <laughs> since I got back on uh, uh, Twitter after three years of being banned, I, I did notice a very bizarre, um, especially lately, uh, war on our side, it seems, against women that are good looking and <laughs> and and you know dress the way women dress in America and, and that they feel good and that they want to empower themselves and that they're looking in the mirror and they want they would like what they see. And then there's these attacks. And and I see you as somebody like you'll you'll take pictures of yourself golfing. You'll take pictures of yourself not being able to park your car. Living I mean, life. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're putting out there a real woman and, and you're fearless and, and confident and all of this stuff. And I see people getting attacked constantly and they and then they shy away or they disappear. And you've done the exact opposite. And I think I want to talk to you a little bit about that because uh, not only is your reporting fearless and courageous beyond when I found out how young you were, and it's not about age because there's a lot of writers and journalists throughout time. People don't realize that did start very young and it, there's a certain beauty to not being, not looking at stop signs or asking for permission, which obviously you had that ability not to do that. But at the same time, let's talk a little bit about how you handle being where you are. Cause I mean, you do get attacked, but more than that, you are, you're playing with the big boys every day and without fear. 
it's it's very true and believe me i wake up every day and i'm like i'm so blessed to work with the people that i work for i mean i was a high school student when i watched you know steve bannon's oxford union speech and i was like this guy's really cool wow. and after i was sort of interning for raheem i remember i came home i was sitting in my living room and i told my parents who were political but not like you know hyper political like one day steve bannon is gonna know who i am Imagine. <laughs> and, like, and you know it's it's funny i don't get to do a lot of interviews where i kind of talk about my life and lifestyle stuff which i i love doing um but it's my my story kind of and i mean this in the least narcissistic way possible but like gives me hope that the american dream is still alive and what i mean by that is my parents were not involved in politics i was a girl from california you know grew, grew up in santa monica i should not be where i am right but i think it's a really a testament to the conservative movement as to how welcoming and empowering people are. Like I was so blessed to meet Raheem, right? Yeah. Who helped me and got me to where I am today. And Steve has empowered me and shared my voice and lifted up my work and shared it. In the early days of my career, Congressman Matt Gates was always sharing my stories. And you know, you hear our, our movement, you know, hates women and we're all sexist and misogynistic, but it's always been, with the exception of you, like men really empower me, which is something that was really interesting. And I never thought would be the case from the onset, but. I've honestly abstained from a lot of the culture war stuff because <laughs> the hate comments, the Twitter replies. Yeah, but you don't even, so... it bounces off of you though. I mean, I don't even. Exactly. It's... It doesn't, it doesn't phase me. And I don't, and also too, and I think it's honestly reflected in the She's So Right Apparel. I, I love humor. I love comedy and I love irony. Ironic humor is like my favorite thing ever. And it's really a dying art form. Like if you read a bunch oh, of yeah. much, much, it's much better articulated by Orwell than myself but how irony really is the last kind of thing to go right like political correctness i think really goes against ironic humor right it's like the humor in the office right it's like it's a little edgy the ricky gervais kind of take on life and yeah. that's always been sort of my outlook and mindset you know the designs like the low social credit score the miss miss oh yeah, i love information, it i love it right more insecure yeah. than the border we're so showing them on, on, on the screen too like it's oh, yeah, just so fun. cool and your yeah. package is, is on your way um, but on, on the woman stuff too, and, and this is something that I really have never talked about, but I also think there's like an interesting, I think, messaging from a messaging perspective with conservative girls, because I, I agree, I am such a proponent of traditional family values and girls aspiring to get married and have children. I want to, you know, do those yeah. in my life as well. But I think sometimes, and I even feel like I buy into this that there's such a push for young girls in the conservative movement, the only space that they see themselves as is as being a trad wife, right? As being someone who is a mom, as someone who is just getting married at a really young age and no shade to girls who see that as their purpose and passion and priority in life. Like I always say, America would not run without soccer moms, right? The mom who is yeah. the one picking the kids up from school and baking the cookies and the Rice Krispie treats for the bake sale, they play such an important role. But I think we can appreciate that there are women who maybe aren't necessarily at age 22. Right. I don't really want to be a trad wife at the current moment. And I'm sure this might get clipped and, and posted around and whatever. But I, I think too, like just even from a relationship perspective, I, I sort of feel like the mainstream from the conservative side refrain yeah. that we hear is like, you know, you just need to get married and have kids and you need to be in a relationship for the sake of getting married to have kids. And it's like that relationship is going to give you purpose in your life. And I think that sets young women out on a very, very poor path 
when they're coming to dating because I think you begin to accept and normalize very poor treatment because you're not actually in a relationship with a guy that compliments you and, and supports you in what you do, but it's just about being married for the sake of being married. And I'm sure there are people who prioritize marriage and are in wonderful, happy marriages and no shade to those people. But I think for young girls, I have always wanted to sort of chart maybe a different path where girls can be in this space involved in conservative politics, you know, doing opinion commentary, doing investigative reporting. And I don't think we have, not that I look at myself as, as a role model, I'm not saying that, but I don't think we have a lot of younger girls who are in this space in a way that's not just, you know, posting kind of trad influencer stuff. Don't get me wrong, I post fun pictures all the time, but I think being able to do both is what's kind of unique about it is right in the and brand that I represent. It's really important what you're saying right now, and nobody's really talking about it. And I think it matters a lot. You know, um, I never got back my Twitter, so I have a small one. So it's easier to look around and not really see, have people see what I'm looking at or saying. And what's what's weird, I'm 20 years older than you, obviously. And I, I spent 20 years in Hollywood. So I also was very aware of the uh, social pressures, culture, all of that. But the thing that bothers me and why I, I love so much what you do and what you're doing and how you do put out your personal life a lot. And, and it's so cute and normal, but you're normalizing because to me, I, I, when I see these people and some of them, I, I like, and admire, especially the, there was some calendar that came out. I tried to avoid it, but you couldn't. And they were, they were so harsh on these women that are just, that's how we grew up. I mean, when I was 20 and moved to LA, you know, that's, that's what it was. Paris Hilton and, and, and Kim Kardashian are out there and, and you got all the friends girls and, you know, you got the supermodels when I was in high school and, and I love beauty. You know, I love fashion. I love all this stuff. I, I like, you know, putting on when I see you at events, you know, you, we're both dressed up. You're, we, we, we're picking out the clothes we like. We feel good in. We we're happy. But it's good to take good pictures with your friends and all of that. And then you see people being like, well, you're not you're not sticking up for our values. And it's like, well, when did we become the other side that we have to all kind of be the same? Because this is an internal um, kind of conservative female cancel culture over people just expressing themselves from their hearts and who they are. Because to me, one of your best qualities, and I think this is the best quality in people that are successful in what we do, is being authentic, you know, being totally genuinely who you are. And by fitting into any mold on either side, that's that's totally against like what I would hope for. Because also on the other side, and you talk about this sometimes, not much, but you, I know you do sometimes, which is when what we want to do is encourage people to find their confidence and their power and their way and their path from the inside out. And so much of what we're being fed by the left and the wokeism is you have to approve that person for that person to feel good about themselves. And if you don't, you're a problem. And it's like, we don't want to do that. What we want to put out is, is, you know, find who you are inside, like you're doing at your age. I mean, you're here because you work hard and because you're great at what you do. And you're an amazing journalist. I mean, way, way above your years in terms of your ability to find stories and, and put them out in a way that are digestible. But you know what I'm saying? Like something happened where it's like every individual should find their own journey and their own path. And we should we should support people and being whoever they are, however they express themselves. And there's a real problem on our side for women being like, well, you have to fit into this or, or you're going against the, the movement. It's it's totally the it's it's feeding into what the other side does to me. 
Yeah, I think there are some parallels when people demand that you know you use the asinine pronouns to describe them. It's like when you tell someone that you how they need to dress, right? You're sort of like trying, I think it's narcissistic, right? You're trying to project your your viewpoints and your values onto them. And, you know, I, of course, I'm sure your audience is aware of the saying, you know, you'll own nothing and, and you'll be happy. I think the shock value of the first part of that statement is what captures most people attention, most people's attention. But I think the second part is almost scarier, the, the you will be happy part, because I think it shows that just like they've calculated, you know, with the food supply, the, the property owning, all that, the lockdowns, the mandates, what they want to qualify certain people as making them happy, the lifestyles that they're pursuing, I think are equally ungratifying and unfulfilling. And I, I think that we see that, of course, with the attacks on the nuclear family and declining birth rates and stuff. But I think sometimes that the conservative or even just like, I don't, I don't even know what conservative means anymore because Congress is so bad at their job, right? <laughs> um, but yeah. that like the right wing response to it, sometimes I feel like is a little bit overkill. And yeah. it's just sort of, I mean, I'm a, it's funny, like I project a very professional, you know, hour appearance in terms of my like reporting and that's yeah. what I prioritize, but I'm a super like into health and wellness. Like I love therapy, you know what I mean? Like stuff that yeah. probably doesn't totally make me conservative from like the Twitter sphere side of things. But I, I just really think that like a lot of people are, are drawn to politics. It's like an ego thing. It's a narcissism thing. And, and at least from the politician perspective. And I yeah. think that sometimes people are working out their like inner issues um, on other people. And that's not a, a new critique. That's just the internet generally. But I think it is interesting with like women attacking other women for what they're wearing. And don't, don't get me wrong. Sometimes women wear stuff that I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, too but much. You know, you know what I mean? A, there's a it fun but, it's yeah, celebrating but it's, people that celebrate themselves. And and if that makes them happy, God bless them. You know, it's and hard. Also, it's just like, I'm so in the mindset of like, I have so much going on. We all have so much going on. We have families, dogs that, and that was honestly too, the sort of like impetus behind she's so right as well. Cause I'm sure, you know, your audience can relate whether it's like a bad boyfriend, a bad relationship, a bad breakup. It's like, I, I was deciding, I was like, am I going to ruminate? And, you know, stalk his account and see who he's with, yep. blah, 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 blah. Or am I going to channel this energy into something that gives me validation in another way that has nothing to do with getting validation from a guy? And I, it was in that moment where I felt like I sort of broke out of the matrix where I was like, and it sounds so cliche, but like actually living life with with purpose. And I think that that is something that is so absent, especially from younger people today, right? Like the meaningless cubicle jobs, you're working for these big corporations, you're just one of, you know, 10,000 employees. And I think that's why I've also been so blessed why I love Steve in the war room, and even other young conservative journalists and influencer types, is you can they look happy, they're happy warriors, because they have purpose, and they love their jobs. And that's why I also love this brand too, because I'm, I'm addicted to like having purpose. I also get bored as you can probably tell very easily. So I always like, need to be doing something, Yeah. but I think the purpose thing is something that's really important. I grew up listening to Dennis Prager in the back of my parents' cars. They were driving me around. And I think purpose is something that is so absent in today's society. Yeah. And I like the, she's so right. Uh, hats. I'm going to get them for a bunch of people and shirts and stuff because it's also, 
it's reaffirming that, you know what, you are right. You were, even though yes. we're talking about right, <laughs> we're also talking about that you left a relationship that you weren't happy and you're very young, you know, whether you're young or old, when you know, you're, when you know, you know, and a lot of people live in um, fear of making change, mm-hmm. of making choices. And it's good to reaffirm that, no, you were right to do what you did. And now you have this whole brand and, um, I think that it is it is so uh, uplifting too because um, you know not to not to switch to the other side but uh, if you don't follow <laughs> Natalie which you should and I'm sure everyone that watches me watches Bannon but um, I do want to say that there is a certain confidence in uh, in jumping off and starting this business as there is in your reporting because the level of your reporting is is sometimes very dangerous. I mean, you are, you are fearless. You you go for the stories that you know, um, and you must de- de- go wherever you it leads you for truth. <laughs> and I think that that's another thing that people get from you. Uh, why also I wanted to have you on because courage is contagious. We say this a lot and it's like, oh yeah, courage is contagious. But again, we are in a situation where our government uh, or the installed regime, as I call them, the O'Biden regime weaponized against us, me and you and, and your, your, you know, your whole team, Bannon, Trump, all, all all the January 6 people, a lot of journalists. I went sure I just got out of jail. I know st- probably Steve Baker's going to be, you know, picked up anytime now. A lot of other people, all these people with these S's on the bottom of their, uh, you know, their their boarding passes. They're, this is a dangerous time, but it's such an important time for voices like yours. And, and I say to people, you know, if you're going to go out there and tell the truth, be fearless and be courageous. And you're doing it on a very high level. So I just wanted to touch on that for people for a minute, because, um, you know, when you go out there that they're watching you, they're watching Bannon, they're watching Trump, they're watching, there are certain voices that break stories constantly that are really chipping away at this deep state, at the, what I call the controlled billionaire oligarchy running our country. Tell me a little bit about that feeling the fear and obviously doing it anyway. Givaderm is a luxurious, toxin-free skincare that actually works. Not only do we take the toxins out, we put the most powerful nutrients in. All of our products are an effective way to detoxify, replenish, and protect your skin. Our toxin-free, natural ingredients provide real results without compromising your skin's health. Unlock the secret to beautiful, healthy skin using this synergistic skincare system. It's never too late or too early to begin living a more beautiful life with Givaderm. Natural, healthy skin. Head over to the MelKShow.com partners page and get a 10% discount now. Well, I have to say, I love doing shows that take the uh, editorial position that it is a regime and not an administration because we share that (laughs) in the war room. Um, but no, you're, you're so right. And it was funny. I was kind of thinking the other day, I was like, as an 18 year old, put it, put it this way. I I'm 22 now, but I started all this when I was 18 and I moved out to DC to intern for Raheem. Um, not the day after, but the day I graduated high school that night, I was on a plane. I was out to DC. Like I knew this was what I wanted to do. And obviously when COVID happened, it made the CCP kind of on the forefront of everyone's mind. So the stories, you know, that was what I could focus on. And after having worked more behind the scenes for Steve at War Room, I really, I think, had sort of been blessed to take on his worldview and, and get you know radicalized, as I'm sure the deep state would say, by listening to hours of his program, taking notes and helping to kind of pitch it out to other media outlets. So it sort of was the perfect storm. And you know, now obviously 
here we are. But I think, I think you're so right. And I think it goes with kind of every aspect of my life, whether with, you know, wearing what I want to wear, uh, posting the pictures I want to post, doing, you know, what I want to do. Um, that's sort of how I uh, approach the journalism thing. And, and it's kind of funny. People always say to me, oh, and you're one of them. Oh, you're so good at your job. Or, oh, you got this story, this story. I always say, like, it's really not me. It's just that there's a void because the entire mainstream media class right. has been paid off. So they're not going to report on this. And they're part of the problem, right? They're propagating that oligarchic class that you're talking about. They're kind of the tip of the spear perpetuating the narrative. So they make my job very, very, very easy because they're not going to report on what I'm reporting on. So as someone who I majored in political science, I went, I was in college while concurrently working for Steve, I really had no formal training in journalism. It was just kind of Raheem telling me like, use this kind of formatting, use this sentence. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to basics. And the only thing I know how to do here is tell the truth, right? I'm right. not getting paid by any foreign country. So I think it's kind of funny sometimes like the left wingers of the world, the media matters of the world will be like, oh, you know, Natalie's a unknown, you know, amateur yeah. hour blogger, right? She never went to journalism school. Oh, please. I and did. I'm like, <laughs> but that's precisely why I think I've been and my stories are so good because I haven't been captured by the system, right? Yeah. So I think it's the the truth. And and like I said, like, I always thought I was going to work in fashion. I'm from LA. I've been blessed and honored to go to some of the most prestigious academic yeah. institutions. You know, if I in an alternate universe, right, if I had the politics of most of my peers, sure, I'd probably be working at some America last, you know, Goldman Sachs type private equity, right? I'd be. And knew that I didn't want to do that. So it was sort of like I had nothing to lose. And there's something so empowering too, just about living in your truth and not being scared. And I feel, I mean, I don't know if I feel bad because they're making the conscious decision. I also do know the times that we're living in now, but for my friends who work at these, you know, huge corporate type entities and they have to hide their viewpoints because I just couldn't imagine every night, you know, waking up being scared that someone's going to find out that, you know, you hold a viewpoint that half of the country does. But I just couldn't handle not living in my truth. And I've always been like this since high school. You know, I was always engaged in, in activism. Fun, fun, real quick, short story. I'll give you two, no, two short stories. These are good yeah. ones. Um, so when I was in high school, uh, I went to Harvard-Westlake, which was uh, I know, you know it all well. the LA Hall, right? All the LA Hollywood types was all their kids <laughs> and me. So you can imagine how I got along. I was, you know, a racist, a sexist, everything in the book. Um, but there really was no political discourse on campus. They literally would bring members of the Communist Party USA to speak to students. And I just sort of kept making the point. I was like, hey, you guys are pushing this diversity, equity and inclusion in initiative, but there's no diversity of thought. I made the case. You know, I talked to the school president, got them to agree to bring in a conservative speaker. But what was more interesting and more funny to me, and I'm sort of having a similar reaction with the She's So Right stuff is they also agreed to have like a student political debate, like conversation. So it was like two conservatives and two liberals. Boy. And that's cool. That must have been crazy. Right? You, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I lived right Harvard, near it. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Okay. So it was me and this more like establishment Republican, this right. crazy feminist chick, and this guy who I think was just pretending to be a feminist to try to get women. And we're on stage. They're having a debate. And I thought like, five people would show up. And you know, Harvard Westlake is a very well endowed school. Oh, so yeah. their auditorium is is huge. So they're like, Oh, we'll do an auditorium. I'm like, Oh, I hope this isn't cringe. Like, I hope this isn't embarrassing. <laughs> and 
about five minutes before like I was slated to get there, I go and the entire audience, every seat is filled. They have to air the debate in the overflow room. Oh and it God. was in that moment. And I had a whole debate. I've been trying to find the video recording of it. I'm like 16 in it. It's just kind of funny. I haven't been able to find awesome. it, but it showed me that people want to have they do conversations and last story. Cause this is also really funny, but so I did when I was probably in like 10th grade, um, my mom was like, you need to get into college. So you got to do some like, you know, DC like summer programs. So I did this like, it's like for women in politics or something. There's an old like NPR interview of me doing it. Cause there were no Republicans in the entire group. Um, so they needed a token Republican. Right, right. So I've like, been that we're, too. We're bipartisan, right? You got to keep the five hundred one c three status. No, um, exactly. So I'm doing, I'm doing the interview, like that's whatever. And we go, funnily enough, later to the Hill to meet with our congressional representative. Now, you know, I have a place in D.C. and it's like I walk by the place we all had dinner at. So it's always very funny. I'm a very nostalgic person, so it's like very full circle to me. But we're sitting in one of like these. Like, formal congressional meeting rooms um it was in like Rayburn or Longworth or something and there were some funnily enough Charlotte Clymer who is now one of those like trans activist types on Twitter she they whatever was a dude back then so this was before he transitioned so that gives you the time frame on this but they're going around the room and they're like if everyone could say the political hero that they look up to and everyone, it was like, you know, Michelle Obama, Nancy Pelosi, oh, put it put it this way, to, oh, to, to put you in the room. Someone said, forget who, someone said some name and some girl, some like short haired, like, you know, the vibe girl yeah. goes, what do you mean? Why do you like him? He supported redlining. Like, so that was the vibe. Okay. It was like, <laughs> he couldn't oh, write the script God. any better. And they come to me and I remember like oscillating in my mind back and forth, like, you know, what do I say? Like, do I just, you know, say an establishment Republicans and not offend anyone? Like, what do I, or do I, you know, say, do I speak my truth? And uh, growing up, I was the largest fan of Ann Coulter. Now, since, you know, she's a little on the TDS train, I, I don't particularly agree with her on some of her criticisms um, of the former president, but I really looked up to her specifically on immigration. I thought her books, her writing, yep. and just as a career, it was a career path that I wanted to emulate. Um, and by the time it got to me, like I said, you have to imagine the room. I'm the only Republican. There's like 40, 50 girls, all these adults. And I had to say, they're like, who, who do you look up to politically? And I said, Ann Coulter. Oh and God. you could hear a pin drop in the room. And oh I remember Charlotte Clymer's face was like, <gasps> but I gave my rationale and they moved on. But it was like, I guess maybe I'm so addicted to that dopamine hit of just living yeah. in my truth. Right. Yeah. But it's just so addicting when it, and it's so freeing. So it's that empowering. Was like totally experiences. So that's yeah. so funny because <laughs> it's so weird. Cause I hear where you grew up and where you went to school. I moved there in my very early, early twenties and I was already conservative. You listened in your car to Prager from the time I was a little, little kid to the time I went to college. Uh, I listened, dad listened to Rush Limbaugh every day. So I think I, I heard his show every day on the way to school, every day on the way, <laughs> you know, whatever, whoever's on. So for me, that's what I grew up on. And I remember being in LA and somebody saying to me at a meeting once, like, you shouldn't tell anyone you're a conservative. And then there was like a whole underground, like, I don't know if you knew about Friends of Abe and they'd be like, do you want to come mm -hmm. to this Friends of Abe meeting? And I'm like, why? And, and I remember 
many, many times I was a writer, but I remember many times people saying, don't talk politics to anyone. You'll never, you know, it'll knock you out before you even get a chance to pitch your project. And it was so stupid. And now, you know, I wonder with what you're doing here, because I have, I have a real problem. I went, I went to NYU for journalism. I'm so glad you didn't go to journalism school because I would have <laughs> been kicked out within my first two weeks now. It took me 23 years to pay it off too. And look at you. So it works a lot better when you just go for it. And the rules are, are, I mean, you know, it's funny. I looked up what NYU's uh, journalism school teaches now. I think the worst of the worst is probably Columbia. Uh, but they have all kinds of classes on um, on finding misinformation and disinformation. It's just so, <laughs> it's so shocking to me what's happened to this these schools. Um, but I do want to say that um, as for creativity, what I like most about what you're doing, which I've been saying to my friends um, that are still screenwriters or playwrights, I was I play in Broadway is where I started uh, my whole thing, um, and even uh, musicians, all of that, they need to keep pushing forward and creating content that can compete because there's enough talent uh, on the right, on the conservative side, even on the libertarian side to put out as much content. And people keep acting like, well, the business is totally left. I'm not going to work. That's not going to happen. And I think they have to kind of take a, a page out of your book that talent comes from God. And if you have talent, you got to find a way to express that talent and you should just go for it. Because the other thing that I'm hearing you say, which I kind of never did, but I think it's important to reiterate, a lot of people are waiting for permission to create, to do, to whatever. And, and I think you really are the example of if you wait for permission, it'll probably never come. If you give yourself permission, it will. And I, I want to encourage people. And I wonder what you think about the culture, be it music, film, TV, whatever it is, that I, I think people should be not looking at the Hollywood model as it exists anymore, looking past it and creating their own model. Yeah, I think sometimes when conservatives get very in on the like, you know, creating the parallel, whatever, creating the alternative, this, sometimes they go too far. And I think our side can be go very cringe very quickly and yeah, sort of I reinvent agree. the wheel. Right. It's so cringe. I was like, I was like, that's the strap line of she's so right. <laughs> like on the in the where we have all the clothes store. <laughs> no cringe. All right. I <laughs> you know. know, like we're keeping this cool. <laughs> and I think that sometimes it's like, you are the best ambassador for our beliefs, our worldview. If you don't explicitly say it, you just naturally in conversation, don't self-censor how you feel, right? You don't start the conversation off with, oh, if you're not voting for Trump, you're an idiot. You just right. talk. And when they ask you what your pronouns are, you politely say, oh, I don't really buy into that. Um, I believe there are two gen. You know what I mean? It, it's just yeah. about, I think, like being, think of yourself as an ambassador, right? Right. for our values, our lifestyle. And it doesn't need to be so in your face. And it's kind of funny too. I, you know, in designing these, these clothes, you know, a lot of my background is in Chinese Communist Party infiltration and their <laughs> subversion efforts. And I realized that the way that they're able to do it is two things. One, it's subversive, it flies under the radar, right? If you know, you know, but it's sort of esoteric. And it's this concept of like the borrowed boat strategy right? So China Daily, CGTN, all these Chinese state-owned television networks, they emulate the format, the content that our American mainstream media networks do because it makes them look more professional and more legit. So I sort of, I guess I, I did the IP theft on, on the CCP. It was a role reversal, but I sort of took their tactics, right? And I think that's sort of like the underpinning of she's so right. You know what I mean? Like, it's taking a little subversive fun, not so blatantly in your face 
And it's, but it's done on quality garments that I think a lot of conservative apparel sort of misses, misses the boat on. Um, but yeah, on, on the speaking your truth part, I mean, I think the takeaway people are getting from this interview is either like, wow, this girl is crazy, or she just doesn't oh. care what people think. And it's, it's the latter, I would argue. My ex would probably go with the former. Um, oh. But I think- Well, all exes go my, for the former. <laughs> right? <That's laughs> the, the, the takeaway, I think, from, from you know, my stories and my, you know, 22 years on this planet is it's like, if you don't care what people think of you, and to even go, you know, religious too, at the end of the day, it's about you and God, right? That random person is going to send you a hateful comment. If you just roll with it, see the humor in it and be like, wow, I'm so sad that that person has enough time to go out of their way to send me a hateful email. Right. Like, what's the point of not getting involved? What's What do you have to lose? And I think if you're confident enough in yourself and your values, and that was the other thing that I had to realize. And I, I think I've really struggled in like my relationships is like internalizing when I don't get the result or response or reaction or relationship that I want out of someone. I always internalized it that it was because I was not worthy and I was not enough. And I think that's something that a lot of people do, especially especially women. Yeah. Um, but I've really been consciously working on, you know, stopping that negative self-talk and like kind of breaking that habit. And not to say I'm I'm perfect, I contribute to the problems, I have agency too, but even when something genuinely is not my fault, like I always kind of self-blame. Yeah. And it was sort of through realizing through through starting this brand that I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. Because, you know, even if it fails, that doesn't mean anything about my character or who I am as a person. If I go run for office and I don't win, that doesn't mean anything about me. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just a different mindset. And I think, honestly, so much of, of this talk, right, This that wouldn't probably fit the bill for, like, a traditional conservative talk show. But if you think about, like, conservative podcasts, it's always so news heavy. And, you know, the globalists are coming to kill us. And if you want to get, like, just lifestyle and just general commentary sort of a void in, in the marketplace for that. And yeah. I, I think that our side needs to get better about fusing that. Yeah. And because I think the people who who dabble into the culture stuff sometimes go a little too far for my personal liking. Like, you know, again, I'm sure this will get clipped and people No, like, oh no, God. no, but, but this is why know, I wanted I, to yeah. talk about this yeah. because it's important. Yeah. And I, I look forward to your She's So Right book of, of self-help because I could <laughs> use some of your advice and I'm 20 years older than you, but this is all very important. I mean, people have to understand, and, and I'm sure a lot of people follow you and know you from War Room or from Raheem's uh, website, National Pulse. But the truth of the matter is that you come across as, as fearless. And, and this is something that we all have to realize, you know, people are feeling right now all over this country, especially with the, I'm sure we, I didn't want to go into politics at all today with you, which I'll, I'll make you come back to talk about other stuff, but <laughs> happily, I wanted to happily, talk happily. about this because look, Biden just put out an ad, his first ad 2024, which is so cruel and mean and toxic and abusive to a hundred million people that are just good Americans that love this country, believe in the constitution and, and the bill of rights and want a better future for our country and our, our nation and our children and uh, portrayed all of us as, as just terrible and, and it's very toxic and ugly. And then you see somebody like you who laughs your way through it. And I think brings, <laughs> I honestly think that you've helped um, Steve Bannon become more human and more, more, <laughs> more, more, you know, he makes fun of himself when you're on. And I think, I think you bring something to every room and every, I've seen you in person many times to every experience that's fun. And I think it's fun that's missing on our side. And I think we have to start laughing at the absurdity of some of this stuff. We're not laughing enough. We're not 
having enough fun with it. And to me, you are. And and that's why I admire you so much because I see in all you do, even even when you talk about your seed oil uh, uh, warnings <laughs> to everyone or or whatever you're doing, it's always with a with a smile and a nod and a laugh. And that is what we're missing the most is laughing on our side at at the absurdity, but also being, you know, a lot of this stuff is funny if we just started making fun of it because I believe these people and you deal with them in real life in DC all the time. I feel like what they fear the most is us laughing at them. So uh, on that, I'll let you uh, take us out, tell everyone where to go. But I'm so grateful to you and you've inspired me so much and you make me laugh every single day. I don't know. You say something <laughs> or do something or put up a, a post and it's so important that we laugh. And for all the great things that you are, I, I, the fact that you always make me smile is why I'm so grateful to you. Uh, so tell the audience yeah. where to find you and where to follow you. And you can finish off on uh, on something on that note. Well, thank you so much. I'll, I'll pull a line from Steve and say, uh, you're my agent. I'm paying you, right? That's the joke he always makes. Right, right. When I first started doing media, um, the number one comment that I always, well, from Raheem and from professional people were like, you laugh too much. You need to stop laughing I love when it. you do media. <laughs> but I just always found the humor and everything. And, and you're so right. And honestly, I think you're you're so right. These people fear being laughed at. These people fear being exposed. And I think these people are obsessed with like the idea of legacy. And it brings me so much joy that Anthony Fauci's legacy is tarnished. Sure, he might have the, you know, the uh, patents for the vaccines and the big pharma book deals and everything, but his legacy is irreversibly tainted. And I'm happy to have played a small role in, uh, in, in doing that. Um, and yeah, no, I, I just think that this is your sign. If you're listening to this show, if you've made it this far, whatever you wanted to do, whether it's starting that company, whether it's signing up to become a precinct committee man or woman, starting an Instagram meme account, whatever it yeah. is, however you want to contribute, just do it. I was 18 when I flew out and I interned for Raheem because I thought he was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just did it, not to steal Nike's slogan, but I just did it. And I've been blessed, truly, I mean, beyond belief, I, God has been watching over. I mean, seriously, I, I can't take all the credit for it, but you never know what's going to happen. And when you're speaking your truth, I really think only good things can can come from it. And I think you're a, a glowing example of that too. And I, I mean everything that I said in the beginning of this program. This is, I'm going to, this is the most fun interview I've ever done. Um, good. I'm glad I wanted it to be. So and also you. God bless your parents. Cause you know what? You need good <laughs> parents to end up having a good kid as great as you. And they, uh, they're the ones that got, that have to write the, uh, the parenting book maybe. Oh yeah. But you can should. find me at, <laughs> you can find me at Natalie G Winters on all platforms, the social media, for the brand is shop. She's so right. And then the right. website is she's so right.co, not.com. I got to reach out and or Sue. No, um, I know about for, it. for that yeah. domain. So get all of it. Your stuff is coming soon. And I'm sure right. your audience will love it. And if you're a dude and you're like, oh, she got it. She's designed for men. Valentine's day gifts, but men's stuff probably towards the end of the year because i'm oh. getting that's the only hate i've been getting oh it's yeah like, natalie you got it designed for men so no you're just getting started point. yeah you're just getting started yes. and you know what i mean there is really all, all fun aside uh your journalism is is a plus the best out there uh thank you so much natalie yeah. winners please go to her website right now so that they know that the mel k show loves her and uh buy some stuff <laughs> for yourself or your wife or your daughter or whatever these are great empowering clothes with that look adorable and they're well made and they're american and natalie winners is a true gift to all of us thank you so much my friend
the narrative is falling apart, but as it does, there's so much of this fraudulent disinformation, misinformation, censorship coming from the globalists. And what we need to do is be focused on the facts, cut through everything, be discerning and get it first and foremost out there to everyone. It is important that you know what is going on. Censorship is getting nuts. You guys know it. There's accounts all over the place that are fake, that are not me. I know you guys send me emails and I really appreciate it. And you report it and it's on Telegram and Instagram and Twitter and they're not me. So I'm super excited to announce We The People with Mel K. Be the first to join. It's a VIP community, just you and me behind a paywall, no trolls, no nothing. We get to know each other. I will give you the facts first. I break a lot of stories a long time before other people. We can talk about past, present, future, history, what we're doing now, solutions for going forward, what 2024 is gonna look like. I'm gonna do breaking news, do a lot of deep dives. I'm gonna bring that information to you guys first in a live Q&A every week. So please click the link below and join me over there. We are going to create a community, a community that is censorship proof, it's cancel proof, it's truth, it's transparency, it's on the road to God, country, justice, everything that we want in one place. This is the most incredible, amazing time to be alive. As hard as it seems and as difficult as the battle has been for you guys and definitely for me, all I know is that we all are part of the solution. We are all involved and invested and you guys have the passion that I have. So let's join together on live Q and A's once a week with me, Mel Kay, we the people of the United States taking back this nation. This is so exciting, guys. I've been dying to do this and we finally got the technology right. So please join me. Click the link below. Can't wait to get started. Hi guys, you know for months and months, me and Mike Al have been talking about the water supply, what is in there, there are pharmaceuticals in the water supply, there are all these chemicals, lots of pollution, we've had all these natural disasters that leave our water not nearly as clean and certainly not as God intended. We know how important water is for our health. So we have been on a mission to try to find the best alternative to the water that is out there, including bottled water, which of course we did a whole show on everything that's in bottled water, which is almost as shocking as what's in our natural water now. So we found the best partner we could in healthy hydrogen. Uh, this is a portable bottle that I use all the time, but also there are many options over there. You can get a house, a full house system. You can get a tabletop system. You can get uh, for your shower, for your office and business. They have so many great options. If you go to themelkshow.com, we have partnered with them. So it's on our partners page, healthy hydrogen. I am telling you right now, the difference in this water and what it will do to your health in general is incredible. Uh, if you have inflammation, your immune system has problems, anything that you are thinking you don't know the solution for, this could be the game changer. We've been looking for the missing piece and I believe the missing piece is the water. We are so excited. They have so much science backing all of their products. They have been tested by all different groups out there that do this for a living and look at water really in depth. We have the hydrogen aspect, which is truly fascinating nothing is more important than water we all know that so make sure you're putting the best water in your body and I assure you this is a true true game changer that you will see right away and will improve your health and your family's health going forward go check out the Mel K show partners page healthy hydrogen and get your health back from the inside out starting with God's great water we will see you soon thank you so much enjoy the rest of the show